Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and yawn, awaken the consciousness. I'm feeling sort of like that this morning, Benny, a little bit slow to get going. Yeah, it's been kind of, well, it's it's been a nice, long, comfortable week for everyone, and uh, mm-hmm. so to speak, especially mm-hmm. with the weather in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, hope you had a good Easter weekend last weekend. I did, I good. did. I, I had a really good one, and... Uh, I've been doing some online meditations with mm-hmm. people and had a whole lot of people come in for the Easter morning meditation. So uh, what else? You know, can't complain. Right. I right. am. I'm, I'm getting a little squirrely being at home. I'm so grateful that I can do uh, remote sessions so that I'm all up and running. But I got to tell you, I miss seeing my my peeps face to face. Did you I hear? Miss the, Oh no! I miss it, you, Benny. I, I miss you too, and so does. I just wanted to bring it up real fast. I know it's kind of trending, but uh, you remember Andrea Bocelli's uh, concert last oh, Sunday? Yes. Did you know mm-hmm. it broke the YouTube record for the most <gasps> watch in one on one time? I love that. Isn't that awesome? I mean, his That's voice awesome. is just superior. I mean, it's it's far from. Yeah. I know we kind of talk about our singing escapades here, which are nowhere near what he <laughs> could do. But um, so you know. I, I, I talked about that and I watched it and it was, he was singing so from the heart. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could just feel it. And um, I watched it a couple of times, right? Cause you can go back and watch it. Yeah. So like the but, live stream pulled mm-hmm. in, get this 28 and 28 and counting pretty much million live viewers. Oh my gosh. Like that is unreal. In the first 24 hours, like it was crazy. Wow. Yeah, right. What a what a beautiful thing! What a wonderful offering yeah. he gave to all of us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what an amazing singer. But that the the I don't even know that the passion. I suppose you might say the emotion that came through that just went mm-hmm. right into my heart. I was just like, oh, we're all in this together. Yeah, worldwide, oh. we needed it for sure. We, he was the perfect yeah. uh, perfect. Uh, person i guess and uh you know vision to come through for all of us yeah yeah it was the you know it's also very um poignant i would mm-hmm. say you know for him walking in there and then it's empty and it's like oh my god uh, yeah know, right this is this is really something right but yeah i i'm glad you brought that up i i enjoyed it so much i also sent out a newsletter to some of my clients and gave them suggestions of mm-hmm. like Here's some things you could do, like do make Easter special, however you look at it, whether it's the the Easter Bunny or the Risen Christ, you know, make it make it uh, special. And right. I had people email me and they said, Loretta, we did some of your suggestions and we had a wonderful time. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So I felt really good about that. So, yeah. Happy Easter. Happy April. And it was my birthday this week. Yeah. And happy belated. They- Thank you. And to everybody that contacted me, I got inundated with lovely messages. Thank you so much. It's always good to be remembered on your birthday. Um, Someone asked me what was the best part of the birthday. Well, I got to tell you that the master chef made homemade blackberry pie that was the flaky crust pie. I, I have to tell you. I ate two pieces. I did. I couldn't help it. I was going to say, yeah, how much of the uh, left is there? Mm. None. Yeah. It was hot. <laughs> it was, you know how um, you take a pie out of the oven and, yeah. and you let it cool just enough. Just enough. You know, so it's, yeah, it was so, like so that. So you don't burn your face off, but yet it's still just perfect. Do you have a little a la mode? Do you have a little ice cream to go Oh, with? yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. 
you got to do it. And and then we went for a walk, right? Trying mm-hmm. to make ourselves feel better for eating <laughs> all that pie. That's awesome. Perfect. <laughs> anyway, there's always always room for pie and uh, there's always room for love. And yeah, I just hope everybody's doing good out there. And we'll ju- we're all in this together. We'll see what comes up next. Yeah. I'm I'm very hopeful about the future. People ask me all the time, and I just am that type of a girl. We're very creative people. I'm and I'm seeing people be kinder. I'm seeing people be more thoughtful, um, and I'm hoping that carries over into um, the after pandemic effect. Right. So anyway. Uh, I am the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in Seattle, and I am still uh, running my business remotely, hoping to be able to be back in the office uh, in a couple of weeks to uh, be able to do hands-on Reiki. Right now, I'm not doing any hands-on Reiki, but I do so many other things, and I am really, really busy. Uh, You can schedule an appointment with me at schedule.reikioasis.com, and I do appointments uh, with people all over the world, actually. I am also a listener-supported show, so a big shout-out to my patrons. Thank you so much for your generosity in um, uh, donating money to The Loretta Brown Show. You want to be a part of that, you can go to patreon.com slash The Loretta Brown Show. And believe me, uh, even $1 will get you a beautiful angel blessing from me. And love, love, love. It's all about love. I have a big heart. I've got a couple of wonderful virtual things coming up this weekend. It's a busy weekend. On Saturday, April 18th, I have my monthly class for women called Temple of the Divine Feminine. And um, that class goes from, excuse me, 1130 until 330. It's four hours, but I'm going to tell you right now, it is well worth your time. This is a time to step into Sacred Circle with women and uh, I've been doing this class for years, so to be able to do it virtually is a wonderful blessing. And we did we did it last month, and it went very, very well. And what I love is that I'm able to open the doors to more people than what I could normally do, because my gathering space at Reiki Oasis only holds about 16 to 20 people. So if you want to join us for Temple, We will be doing um, meditations. We'll be doing some sort of a, uh, I call them circle circle rituals for for women. We'll be doing some talking, some heartfelt um, uh, connections, and probably some crying because we usually do that. But you can sign up for that at schedule.reikioasis.com. You'll get the Zoom link and we'll bring you on in. Saturday night, April 18th, this coming Saturday, I'm having a virtual Crystal Bowl sound healing concert. And this is being um, hosted by Bala Yoga, even though we will not be in the Bala Yoga space. I will be um, uh, doing a live uh, streaming from my, my Reiki Oasis studio where my Crystal Bowls are. And you will have the benefit of being able to lie in the privacy of your own home. I always tell people, you know, wear your yoga clothes, get on your bed, get your pillows all propped up around you and turn it up and just let yourself be bathed in this healing sound. The crystal bowls are really wonderful for cleaning and clearing out all that clutter. Uh, They're a very pure sound. And then I work with the uh, crystal angels and the beings of light they always come in, your guides and angels, and uh, it's a very, very healing time. 
the guides have asked me to please put my focus on building the immune systems and bringing in peace and transparency into people's heart with this concert. So that's what we're going to be doing Saturday, April 18, 5 p.m. Sign up with Bala Yoga. And then Sunday morning, I have Sunday meditation with Loretta Sundays at 11 a.m. And you can sign up for that at schedule.reikioaces.com. And for astrology report, I'm going to be very short because I want to bring my guest on the show. I'm only going to mention two things. Number one, we are headed toward a beautiful new moon in Taurus coming up April 22nd. And this is going to help us. It's going to ground things a little bit. It's going to remind us that grand new beginnings are on the horizon. And as I said earlier, you know, we are a creative people by nature. And when we fall into, I don't know, fear, anxiety, overthinking, we just get a little bit tangled up. So let's just let that beautiful new moon be a point of, oh, exhaling and inhaling, starting fresh. And the second thing I want to mention is we are going through a massive time of change. People are calling it transformation. They're calling it death and rebirth, resurrection, rising from the ashes. And some people are just calling it confusion. But as I've been working to help people gain clarity and connect with their life mission and remember who they really are, I've just noticed a permeating feeling that took me several days to figure out. And then I finally figured out, oh, it's it's grief. It's deep, deep grief. Underneath all that fear, panic, and anxiety is, is this complicated feeling that we don't always know what to do with it. You know, it's got all these parts to it, but the, the, we don't go through grief in order. We just kind of are messy with it. So just like the sudden death of a loved one or the sudden interruption of your flow of life, this um, pandemic has really thrown us for a loop. So... <clears throat> I can't think of a better day in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of our confusion, to have on my show the amazing Dr. Mary Helen Hensley. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got my voice kind of clogging up. <clears throat> it's all that singing from the weekend, you know, and the it's pie. That and, you know, me, Bocelli. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> or all the pie. Could be all that pie. Could be the pie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, now I want more pie, Betty. That she took me off off kilter there, but Dr. Mary Helen Hensley is a woman simply flowing with life, wit, wisdom, honesty, and she's got this beautiful spirit that I just love. She's one of Ireland's most sought-after metaphysical healers, synergistic speakers. She has a Bachelor of Arts in Communications and Graphic Design. She's got a doctorate in chiropractic. She has facilitated the healing process for countless individuals in her book and she's uh, it, countless individuals and she's written about it in a couple of books. She's got a great book called understanding is the new healing. And then she's got another great book that I really want to focus on called bringing death to life and uplifting exploration of living, dying, the soul journey and the afterlife. And she also has put together uh, recently, a CD called Laramar Dreams, which has got healing frequencies in it, and I can't wait to talk about it. Welcome to the show. Hello, Loretta. Hi, Benny. How are you guys? <laughs> We're doing better after hearing your your beautiful voice. <laughs> right? Sparkle. 
Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little froggy because I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what time it is. My body, my body is, is physically in Los Angeles. I think it is spiritually in Ireland. Um, it is emotionally in, you know, one of the seven levels. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly where I am, but, um, I am up and Adam, and I'm just so happy to be here with y'all. Great. Well, we have a lot to talk about. And and with the pandemic out there, you know, there's a lot of fear and, and there is death. Death is visiting us. I sometimes see it like a shadow moving over the planet, uh, although I, I don't see the angel of death as something fearful. But could you please um, talk to us a little about what, why do you think we are so afraid of death and dying and illness and all of that? Oh, gosh. Um, well, yeah, I do think a lot of it boils down to, for some people, it's not even the actual fear of death. It's that it's more so the fear of the way it happens. Um, you know, I find that a lot of people are, are still very devout in their, their beliefs, convictions about the safety of their soul once they exit the body. Um, but I think it's the idea of how that exit takes place that kind of freaks people out. Um, it's that unknown. And, um, for a lot of people right now, um, there is a sense that I can, I can understand, um, you know, kind of like the boogeyman is, is after them. And, you know, for me, I'm, I'm five weeks now out of, uh, out of the coronavirus or, or having been through the experience. And there is a certain element of relief of kind of, whew, you know, I don't have to worry about it anymore because now I've already had it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, there's, so there, there comes a confidence with that, um, that I think is, is interesting to observe, not only in myself, but in the way other people act around me. Um, you know, so I do think that that, that fear of the unknown has an awful lot to do with the way people are experiencing this. So are you saying that you had the virus? I, yes. Yeah. Oh, I had, wow. Okay. I had a very interesting experience with that. I flew over in early March um, to do some work in Los Angeles from Ireland. And on the following day, I got this unmerciful sore throat. And people think I'm nuts, but like, like uh, anyone who knows me well knows I couldn't care less what people think of me. <laughs> I knew I was going to get it. It was part of my plan. It was mm. part of the way it's going to unfold for me. I also knew that the day before I left, my cousin had arrived um, to house sit for me from from America. Um, very dear, dear, close family friend. My children know her well, and I knew my children would eventually end up having to come home from school. They're they're in performing arts school in Dublin, so I knew they were safe. I knew they were okay. And I knew that I needed to carry on. I had to be here to go through this, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. And it's not that the people of Ireland aren't going through it, but, you know, I am, uh, you know, I've been Irish, been in Ireland for 20 years, and, and um, I'm as Irish as they come at this stage, but I am also American. And there was, there's far more chaos here as far as I'm concerned, and I needed to be in it. Um, you know, that's, it's just part of who I am. It's part of, part of my personality. And I felt like in a, you know, to be able to walk through this with people and, and the, you know, say my followers, the people who, 
who follow my work and would listen to my broadcast, I, I really needed to be in the thick of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I came over um, to do work knowing that this was going to happen. Um, and so sure enough, the next day I started uh, becoming quite unwell. And then a couple of days into it, um, I was I, I was running 104 temperature and oh. was quite unwell. And so ended up presenting to the hospital here in Hollywood. And I was triaged outside. There was a huge queue of chairs set up and not a soul around. I was literally my friend who I'm staying with, Angelica, who's been wonderful through this with me. Um, she went with me and we were literally the only people at the ER. And it was like something you'd see at Universal Studios. You know, there's people walking around in hazmat suits and um, completely kitted out and nobody there. And so I'm oh. like, that feeling of the calm before the storm. But it was so funny because that's the, the storm there just didn't hit. And so they came out and, you know, immediately put the mask on me and um, took my details. And then once I made it past that and they realized, obviously, you know, I gave my age, I'm 51 years old. I go inside and finally the doctor comes into me and I was put in this, um, I, it, like, it was like a, decompression room it was like where they were putting if anybody was suspected um and he came in and he sat down and he was the loveliest fella and he had a chat with me and he said um listen I'm just going to tell you you have literally every symptom that we know of I had the conjunctivitis I had I mean it was crazy I had already lost my sense of taste and smell at that stage and I was um you know I was talking about this before I was hearing that other people had lost taste and smell um, cause this, this is early on. And, um, he said, you can go ahead and assume that you have this because you literally tick all of the boxes. He said, but I'm going to tell you, I can't test you. And I said, what? And he said, yes, unless, unless you're presenting and his exact words are with acute respiratory failure or you're over the age of 70, I can't test you. And I went, Oh, wow. Wow. Um, Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay. He said, we were briefed this morning and we have been told that under no circumstances are we to use a test on anyone under the age of 70. And I was like, okay, because I was, I was literally presenting there to stand up and be counted. Um, you know, because I knew by the, by the time that I had deteriorated to the point where I literally had the whole list of symptoms And so what was fascinating about the whole thing, which took all of about 20 minutes, was when they triaged me, they knew they weren't going to be able to take me Mm. or test me. And when he came in to speak with me, he knew they weren't going to be able to test me. And so he said, you know, just go home, go into quarantine. And that's, you know, that's all we can do. And he said, if you go into respiratory failure, come back. And I said, okay. And I said, all right, well, thanks for the information, you know, and I walk out the door and next a little woman's rolling up to me with her cart. And she said, that'll be $300. And I went, Oh, I I said, what? And I said, they're not able to do anything for me. And she said, yes, but that's $300. And I was like, Oh boy, here's where we're broken. Do you know? Yeah. So I immediately decided that I would start doing a live Facebook, um, thing. And for several reasons, one, you know, you're a, you're a speaker. I'm a speaker. I always enjoy the opportunity to go on live because it keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. You have 
present. You, you know, you, you, you need to be, um, authentic. You need to always be thinking, um, that, you know, there's no chance to edit what you're saying. And so that your, your passion and your, um, your communication skills are always being sharpened when you're taking that live opportunity. So I decided I would start doing a live daily Facebook post from inside the virus. So I would, it didn't matter what I look like, you know, my hair would be in pigtails one day and the eyes hanging out of my head, but I showed up and I was like, my purpose for doing this was I knew how terrified people were. And while I was really, really uncomfortable and I didn't feel well, it was doable. Mm-hmm. I wanted people mm-hmm. to know because we had, you know, that there's got to be some balance. We were inundated with the horrible news and the pictures and the graphics of what was coming out of, let's say, Italy or Spain. And there had to be some kind of balance where we would see that a whole lot of people were going to get this and make it. And I wanted to be that voice. I wanted to go, okay, look, here's the deal. I've got a, you know, I've moved out of my 104 temperature. Here's what last light night night looked like for me. And what was fascinating was as you spoke of the shadow of death, you could feel the shadow of death moving across earth. The virus for me is very alive. It's very organic. And what it's bringing to each and every one of us is something completely different. And it's this opportunity for transformation, either physically, emotionally, or spiritually. So for someone like me, I was having a very physical experience. I was, I was going through, and it was like, I was, it was like the declutter angel had arrived on my doorstep (laughs) and I was visiting every physical symptom and not that was what I was anticipating. I just thought I was going to feel really sick and then kind of get better. Well, what was happening in the process is every disease I have ever had, every injury I have ever had was literally coming up to, to the surface, raising its hand and going, okay, time for you to wipe out this memory, time for you to, to clear me out. It was the most incredibly bizarre and wonderful all at the same time um, situation because things I had not thought about in years Mm. physically showing up. And I have the benefit of my friend that I'm staying with here. Angelica stone has been wonderful because she has the, um, the quest for bioresonance technology. So we were able to simultaneously test ourselves. She having been exposed to me and never becoming symptomatic and me being fully symptomatic and testing positive every single day on her machine. Um, so we were, it was like we were little scientists holed up in here in this apartment running tests every day on ourselves and being able to break down and deconstruct the virus and then share that with people because mm-hmm. that knowledge is empowering and it helps remove the fear. Wow. What a, what a powerful experience. Um, yeah, I actually really, I believe that, <laughs> I just believe you, that you were supposed to go through that, and then out of that, you're creating something. Something is coming out of that. You you said something about, um, you know, since that has happened, you have seen people around you have different responses to you. Yes. Can you uh, clarify that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's important that we remember that um, while, yes, people are trying to be conscious and they are trying to um, promote what they feel is, is, is 
um, best for the general public, best for us as a people. We have a whole lot of people who are stepping up, who are taking on responsibilities as suddenly they're doctors overnight or suddenly they're experts on the coronavirus when in actual fact, nobody is right now. This is new to all of us. Um, and so it's interesting um, how people are, I don't know if it's consciously, unconsciously, um, viciously or not, are merely trying to hijack other people's experience of, of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have, uh, like, I've been talking all the way through in my, in my vlogs about the fact that my mother, my mom's 90, she'll be 91 in May. She's absolutely fabulous. Um, and this has been such an interesting time for her because obviously she's at home. She hasn't left the house. Um, she's staying home and doing her part. And she said, you know what? I've been prepared for this my whole life. Now, while someone might look at her and go, gosh, she's in the high risk category, you know, obviously because of age, you know, she's diabetic. Um, and But she's, she's otherwise in very good nick. What's interesting is she said, this is triggering all of these memories from, from when I was in lockdown during World War II. Mm. My mother is, is working on a book at the moment. And she said that the energy of this, the whole... Um, the whole push to go through and clean and clear what it's done is it has resurfaced all of these memories for her. And for someone who's writing a book at you know nearly 91 of uh, memoirs of, of interesting anecdotes from her life, she said it's been so valuable because it's like it unlocked a door and has allowed all of these memories to resurface because when she was 14 years old, she was in lockdown. And then she remembers what it was like to have to ration or to have to stand in a line at the grocery store or um, to have kind of the fear of the, the unknown, you know, were they going to be bombed? They had to pull down the blackout curtains. The, and she said it's been so valuable to her because it has, it has allowed her to access these memories um, that she simply had forgotten. And so she's having that experience. Um, mm. Her lifelong best friend, her son was diagnosed with coronavirus at the same time I was. I'm sitting here talking to you today. He died two weeks ago. Oh. And so she and her best friend have these daily conversations and how weird, how bizarre it must be for these girls who've been giggling girls since they were in their 20s and now they're in their 90s together and how they were comforting and and pushing one another forward as both of their children were, were very ill with this. And then one child makes it and one child doesn't. How interesting that dynamic is for them. There are other people who are sitting at home who are completely asymptomatic, who are going through their paperwork, their emails, their, you know, their garages, and they're clearing out stuff that has been accumulating for years. So what my body was doing physically in this, in this taking inventory and clearing out the cellular memory of his experiences, people are having that experience on a physical level in, in their home office, do you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're each having a very different relationship with this virus. And so what I've been strongly encouraging people to do is that if I'm having a particular experience and you're having a different one, we must be ever so conscious about n- not negating one another's experiences because they're different. Yeah. One yeah. might need to be in the panic and the fear and in the kind of apocalyptic mode. If someone like me is over here going, listen, guys, you know, here, here's what's happening today, but I'm okay. I'm okay. 
and that angers them. I'm almost seeing people come up um, who are angry that I was okay or angry that my friend Angelica, who's been quarantined with me, didn't get sick because it goes against the idea that it's transferred from person to person no matter what. This disease is that. It's super scary. It's super contagious. When I really actually believe that for all of us, it's it's something that is very much an individual frequency on how it's going to play out. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I love everything that you're saying. Um, we are going to take a little station break, but be, before we do that, I, I want to let you know, you know, I returned from Egypt just before, uh, a couple of days before they closed down all the international flights. And I had headed up a tour to Egypt, and one of the gals on the trip got quite sick toward the end of the trip and basically had all the virus symptoms, but we weren't really talking about it, believe it or not. It wasn't until we got to the airport to come back to the States that all of a sudden we were going, what's going on, right? Right. And when we got home, she didn't get tested either, but the doctors told her to quarantine and... Um, you know, I was rooming with her. I have not gotten sick at right. all. Right. So that, like you say, and, and it's one of the things I keep telling people, it, it not, it, I, I don't know why, but it is not just jumping from person to person to person. It is selective in some manner. And that's a good place for us to take a station break and come back. This is Loretta Brown. And my guest today is, like I said, the amazing Mary Helen Hensley, and you just feel like such a soul sister to me, honey. I'm part Irish, so I don't know. Maybe, you know, I'm not part Southern, but that's the way it goes. So anyway, we'll take a break. We'll come right back. We're going to talk more about uh, death and dying and what happens when we die. Don't go away. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. During these challenging times, there's a place that provides vet care for people who cannot afford it. It's called Doni Co. Pet Clinic, and it's been providing veterinary and wellness care for thousands of pets in the Seattle area since 1986. This includes access to spay and neutering, which is a requirement for all pets. If you'd like to find out more about Doni Co. or to make a donation, visit DoniCo.org. That's D-O-N-E-Y-C-O-E dot org. Alternative Talk 1150 is your sports organization's safe bet when it comes to airing your team's games. Our players are all seasoned professionals when it comes to sports programming. Imagine your games being heard on local radio. Your team deserves the MVP treatment. Call 425-653-1150 today to learn how affordable and fun it is to broadcast your games on the radio. Call 425-653-1150 and make your next season something special. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my guest, Dr. Mary Helen Hensley. She has written some really great books. Uh, One of them is Understanding is the New Healing and another one called Bringing Death 
to Life, which she co-authored with three other people. And uh, we're having such a great uh, conversation. Um, Mary Helen, I would like you to really sort of tell people what it is that you do. And uh, <laughs> as, best, as best you can. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, gosh. It depends on any given day. Um, <laughs> You know, let, my, me, let, let me be more specific and, and you can answer it any way you want. But, you know, you work a lot with um, disease and people and you also work a lot with dead, the dead yes. and death. And yes. yeah. Um, OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of says it. Um, and, you know, and I used to wait tables and musicals. Uh, <laughs> um, it's just so funny. Um, Woman mother, of many talents. My yes. mom had a conversation the other day and she was just going, you know what? I just think it, she was giving me this wonderful compliment. And she was saying, I, I really, really admire the fact that you don't fear change. And I said, thanks mom. And she goes, no, I mean, people from my generation, when, when you studied to be something, you were that for the remainder of your life. You did that. You punched that clock or you tended to those patients or did whatever for the remainder of your career. It's what, it's what we did. And she said, you know, you went off, you did college, and then all of a sudden you get in a car accident, and then you go off and become a doctor, and then you go off and start writing books, and now you're in Hollywood writing some screenplays. And, you know, she said, I love the fact that you were never afraid to change. So I'm kind of all of those things. You know, I'm a, a, a doctor of chiropractic, a metaphysician. Um, my work centers around frequency because what I've spent the last few years really concentrating on is the the fact that I don't think that the gifts that I have, the abilities that I have, let's say, to communicate with those who are in a different realm, um, to hone in on the disease process that's taking place in someone's body and be able to pinpoint the exact time and space where they gave that aspect of themselves away and then invited the illness in. I don't necessarily think that's because I'm so special because I died in a car accident and then came back to tell the tale. What I figured out was it was that I left my physical body. I was exposed to a different set of frequencies and I'm fortunate enough to be able to pitch in my head. I have a, a, like a perfect pitch where I can match tone and frequency. And over the years I began to recognize Gosh, when I'm speaking to someone's dead grandmother, there's this sound. Gosh, when I'm looking at someone's brain tumor and then I see someone else's brain tumor, it has the same sound. And so I spent a very, very long time pitching and tuning frequency and ended up meeting a sound engineer here in Los Angeles named Greg Papagna, who developed something called Signs, S-I-N-E-S, signsmusic.com. And he was able to work with me in pitching these frequencies and we were able to um, mesh and marry them with the solfeggio frequencies and present them to the public in such a way that you could have X, Y, or Z process going in your life and there's a tone for it. That you could actually sit and bask in this tone and run, I always run a 28-day cycle with people because you know I'm a woman and my body works in 28-day cycles. And um, go through and you can actually change the hardwiring of the brain that you could actually expose the brain to a thought process with a frequency and you could actually change the way the brain and the body reacts. 
And that's where my focus is because I'm tr literally trying to put myself out of work, Loretta. I'm trying to teach mm -hmm. other that all of you have the power to do this. You know, enough with the, I have a chapter in one of my books called Jerusalem, you know, that we've got <laughs> where we lay the responsibility at the feet of our doctors or our spiritual teachers. And, and we forget that we're perfectly capable, that we have everything that we need to do this for ourselves. And so I'm trying to create a, a series of tools for people that they can easily access and begin to train themselves to to heal themselves if that's if that's the way their story goes. So that's um, what I, do. <laughs> I, I I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, that's interesting. I always tell people my I work with frequencies too. I'm I'm a I do a lot of things with sound. I, I this kind of leads into eighty five questions, right? right? You've so you've put together this CD, and by the way, I've listened to. I think on YouTube, you've got divine alignment and there is a place where people can get your CD. I'm just going to tell people um, I'm playing that in the background all the time. It is shifting me somehow. And I just want to thank you for it. Oh, so, well, it's incredible. And I was with Greg last night. Oops. Was I supposed to say that out loud? I was with another human. Um, but you, you know, you, <laughs> we've been in quarantine for 1437 days. So I think we're okay now. Um, but we had some work to do, and so we were we were doing some recordings last night. And so what he's done is he, it's it's actually a download package. So when people go to my website, which is maryhelenhensley.com, there under downloads is it's a package that you literally can download to your own device. And so all of I've written out what each and every tone and frequency means, the, you know. And so I have literally taken the what I've spent the last few years working on and just and place it there for people to be able to download and utilize with a set of instructions. I mean, it can't get any, you can't get any easier than that. And it's called Larimar dreams and, and, um, Larimar being an Atlantean stone and one that's precious to my art. Um, and that's, that's where that comes from. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with that work. Now you basically alluded to this, but, when you put your hands on people, right? Mm -hmm. When you put your hands on people, a couple of things happen. And I heard you say this, you hear frequencies, which are could be associated with diseases or organs or conditions within the body, maybe even pathogens. But you also, when you put your hands on people, you can see their, uh, like maybe what is the source of their problem? Can yes. you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's my classic, I see dead people. Uh, you know, it's like watching a mind movie. Um, so what will happen is I can literally be transported. There are some people, you know, like the great Dr. Brian Weiss, who, who has exposed so many people to the idea of, of what happens in past life and past life regression. And he's as, um, as a therapist would actually take people back to the place where they were experiencing that. And that's what works for him. And he wrote many wonderful books about these experiences with people. Um, and that's how it happened for him. For me, what would happen over the years is I would be sitting there with my hands on somebody and suddenly I'm seeing it. So like this literal mind movie plays out and the person is sitting there. There are some people who will report having seen exactly the same thing that I did, but more often than not, most people are in just this deep, meditative, relaxed state. And so 
as we go back and we see, oh, I, gosh, you know, you're, hey, you're the first victim of Jack the Ripper. Who knew? Um, and, um, you know, this is why you can't leave your house for the last two years um, because you're approaching the age that you were when you were killed. Um, and that might be hard information for people to digest. And so in my setting, it doesn't seem to happen that way. I get the information. I'm able to relay as an observer to the individual as, as opposed to them being the participant. And for some people, for the people who come to me anyway, they, they tend to be the people who it is far easier to digest that way. And so when we connect them to the story, whether it's in this lifetime or another, you know, whether we go past in a linear timeline or concurrently in a more circular, um, present, yet otherrealmly time, it, it seems to be easier for them to digest. And they go, cause so we don't get hung up so much on the story because a lot of people who actually witness the regression or the past life or whatever can get hung up on that story. And the story is such a small part of the overall experience. It's the, it's the feeling. It's like when I died myself in the car accident, broke my neck, you know, and I die and mm -hmm. I'm in place and people are like, what was heaven like? And I'm like, heaven's not a place. It's a feeling. And so you're in, you're, you know, when you leave the physical body and you move into that next realm, it's like we've been conditioned to believe, okay, that's it, ride's over, hop off, and thanks for coming. Um, it's not like that. You know, you're arriving into another realm where it's busy. It's very active. You know, this idea of sitting on a cloud at the right hand of God um, is a very man-made concept. It's not like you just get to lie down and rest. Um, because the need to do that, that's a human need. That's something that your five senses and emotional body tell you that you deserve after a very long, difficult life or after an illness or whatever. But once you're released from the physical body, you're, you're operating from a completely different state. Um, so it's that feeling, it's that vibe. And so when I'm sharing with people during a healing session, what's actually taking place, they might've been abused as a 12 year old. And here they sit 50 years in front of me going, you know, um, you know, I, I have cancer now and blah, 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 blah. And, and this is what's going on. And, you know, I can't really think of anything um, when you're suggesting that there might be something emotional based to this. I just think I'm, you know, I just got it. I'm, I'm, I just, I was unlucky and I have that now. And I'm like, nah, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm transported back to, to when they're 12 years old and they're being abused by a neighbor or an uncle or something and I'll go, hey, let's talk about this. And they will look like a deer in headlights and go, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, you have intellectually moved past this. But what's happened is you've got a stored cellular memory that is currently tripping you up. Your body has created this, this disease process in order for this to surface and go. And this is really how I'm seeing what's happening with, with COVID-19 with people. It's giving an awful lot of people the opportunity to bring these things up to the surface and let them go. So um, I see a great blessing in what we're experiencing right now. And I just think it is all so relevant and it makes so much sense. Wow. You said so much there. Um, and you answered three questions that were in the back of my head. So thank you. Um, so when you are following back, maybe you're following the frequency. I mean, I don't know if we can even quantify what you're doing, but um, when you're going back to what I call the source or the root of uh, of the of the problem, right? Whether it's a disease and illness or like you said, this amazing story, which 
by the way, I must be in one of your books because I've read it about the, I think it's the understanding is the new healing. I think that's the book it's in about the woman who could not, I mean, she suddenly overnight could not leave her house. Yes. And I, if I remember the story correctly, I, I could be wrong. It was like two years or something. It was a long period of time before that's she finally correct. came to see you. Mm -hmm. Well, and it was, she was, it's a fascinating story, to be honest. Her mother was a patient of mine, a much older woman, and the daughter was like the same age as me. And um, so she would have been in her, in her 30s at that stage. And the mother was just terribly upset because this is a mother, a wife, and um, who drove her kids to school every day when, you know, they traveled, they went abroad. Her husband was uh, from Wales and they would go abroad and you know, do family vacations and all this. And then suddenly, like overnight, the woman could not get out of her car when she dropped the kids to the school. She started within a week parking her car in front of the front door at the shop because she was afraid she might have to make a quick exit. And she didn't know why this was happening. So, you know, her her medical team were like, okay, you must be having some kind of a breakdown or this is a deep depression. And she's she knew it was something else, but she didn't know what. And so the mother, you know, oftentimes people will get dropped on my doorstep as a last resort. And I take that as a great compliment. Um, but this woman was brought to me surrounded by her family. She had not been out of the family home for two solid years. And this is someone with kids in school. This is a wife. Um, so can you imagine how difficult and awkward that was for the family? And especially when there was no reason why and the doctors couldn't figure out what it was. And she was getting more and more discouraged and frustrated. And so surrounded by a posse of her family, literally walking in a circle around her, they walked her into the office. And um, she was like, I don't know what you think you can do for me an hour. And I said, sit down there, sunshine, and let's see what happens. And um, within moments, I was transported back. And there she was. Um, a woman laying in the bottom of a stairwell with stab wounds all over her body. And there was this hard smell of, of just rank alcohol um, and just death. And um, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is here it is. And then the voices. I have the voices. So not the schizophrenic kind of voices, um, but the voices that guide me through and talk to me about what's going on. And so they called her by name. They said her name was Martha Tabram and mm. that gave me her whole story. And this was why, because at the same age that Martha Tabron, Tabram had been murdered, this woman had approached that age in this lifetime and it was a trigger. And when she hit that age, her body suddenly went into this disparaging fear that she was getting ready to die. So the reason she sequestered herself in her home was because she would have far less like, likely of a chance to die if she didn't leave the house. So she doesn't realize that this is what's happening, but this is what's happening. And so, um, you know, as I told her, she just totally resonated with the story. And she goes, this makes sense to me. And we're chatting away about it. And she's picks up her shoes and walks out to my waiting room and she goes, you know, this is, this is weird. It's like Jack the Ripper. And as soon as she said that, I was like, why did she just say that? So I, I remember, um, you know, she ties her shoes up and she goes, well, look at, thanks for giving it a try anyway. And she gives me a hug and walks out my front door. 
all by herself. <laughs> and so she's all the way down the sidewalk. Her family is sitting in the car with their mouths agape. I'm hanging out the front door of the office going, what is happening here? She doesn't even realize that she's not surrounded by people and that she's walking outside by herself. She turns back around. She waves to me. Her mother is freaking out in the car and giving me the big thumbs up. And it was just gone. It simply, because we made the connection, it was just gone. And so I run back in and I go and I Google this Martha Tabram and sure enough, there she was. And what they were thinking, she's not counted amongst the canonical five of Jack the Ripper. She was actually murdered three weeks before his first victim. Historians are now looking back at the circumstances thinking that she might actually have been the first victim. And so we... When people go, hey, you know, why is everybody always famous? And I'm like, everybody isn't always famous. And sometimes when you're connected to someone who is, it's not very pleasant. Um, so, yeah, it's a fascinating story. But, yeah, that's that's kind of how it works. So I am uh, I am so fascinated by this because and we don't have enough time to go deep into this, which is unfortunate. But it, it's like in the cellular memory and the soul memory, somehow this connection from lifetime to lifetime. And I want to bring something out because I don't know if all the listeners know your story uh, about your dying, basically dying. I don't know if it's a near death experience or an actual death experience uh, when you were like 21 or something and you were not raised in a, in a, in a family that talked about, you know, um, uh, reincarnation or, or things like that. And, and I've got, I've got a question for you because you do see dead people. So what happens after people die? You have such a, a, a gentle, I mean, you talk about it so openly is what mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. What happens to people after they die? And what kind of things do you want to say to the listening audience in, in the last I don't know, four minutes, something that we've got here. Well, what's yeah. interesting, it's kind of like what we opened up with when when I said how how important it is that we recognize that everyone who's experiencing this global pandemic, yes, it's a global pandemic that's affecting all of us the same way that death at some stage will affect all of us. And everyone is having the experience that they are meant to have with this pandemic. For some, it is very physical. For some, it is very emotional. For some, it is deeply spiritual. Um, and which one of those is right? All of them. And so for people, the death process is very different. There are those who, what's fascinating to me right now, those who say that they Oh, I believe that, you know, that the universe has everything at hand and I believe things happen exactly the way they're supposed to. And I believe that, you know, we always hear the story of, of someone who was doing vigil next to someone who was dying. And, you know, they've been hanging out, hanging out, waiting, 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 being there with them. And then they went to the bathroom or went to get a cup of coffee and the person died when they left the room. Oh, we yes. That story. And so, I you know, I'm always telling people to be conscious, you know, don't allow your emotional state to hijack someone else's death experience because they're going to go the way they need to go. And even if you've been waiting and waiting and hanging out there, if they take that opportunity to go when you're not in the room, then they needed to be alone during that time. And so people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. I believe that everybody's going to die in whatever way, you know, that death needs to affect them. Yet here we sit and, you know, when it hits the fan here in this pandemic, all of a sudden, 
oh, all the deaths are so tragic because people are dying alone. Maybe some of the people that we are losing right now needed to go alone. Maybe they have had people in on top of them in their nursing homes. Maybe they've been on medications and machinery that hasn't allowed them to pass gracefully, and they are getting an opportunity to go in a way that suits them. It doesn't suddenly stop just because the stakes have changed with a pandemic. You know, the idea is ironclad to me that across the board, you're going to experience death in the way that you need to. And, you know, what's it like? You know, here's the big reveal. It's like I'm sitting in an apartment right now and I'm looking at the front door of that apartment. Outside of that apartment is a hallway in a great big world. And death for me was like walking over to that door, picking up my handbag and my keys, opening the door, closing it behind me. And there I was in the hallway. My surroundings were completely different, but I was still who I was. Mm. Thank you, because I was going to bring up that dying alone thing. And thank you so much for that. We have just about, I don't know, a minute and a half less. How do people find you, Mary Helen? And yeah, and, and any Mary last words? Yeah. Yes. You know, well, I, I just want to thank you for what you're doing here because you're, you're allowing a platform um, and one that's not one that's not based in fear. We have enough of that. I think we mm-hmm. we're trying to bring a balance into people that guess what? OK, yes, there is a pandemic going on. But does everybody need to be terrified right now? And if you aren't expressing terror, you don't need to feel guilty about that. Um, And I think that's what we need to remember. Just because other people in your life might be in a state of fear, it doesn't mean that you have to stop shining your light. And I think that is something that is so important for all of us to remember right now because people feel a little bit chaotic, a little bit out of control. And, you know, misery loves company. And... I, 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 for one, am going to continue to show the bright side of what the opportunity that we have with what's happening to all of us right now, um, just to bring some balance back into it. All right. Thank you so much. So this is Loretta Brown. You can find out more about me at ReikiOasis.com. My amazing guest, Dr. Mary Helen Hensley. And I think you can find her at MaryHelenHensley.com and and find her books. Understanding is the new healing, bringing life to death or bringing death to life. And please continue to shine your light out there. Mary Helen, thank you from the bottom of my heart to yours. Thank you. So much love. Thank you. All right. Bye now. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.